T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Years ago, when news was given to us by ABC, NBC, and CBS, the news was pushed on us. We didn't really have options. Now we live in an environment described as pulled news. So we have thousands of news options to choose from. So we pull the news that we like. If we hope to survive in this digital age, we have to think critically about the messages we consume. Someone created those messages for a reason. Let's find out why. Sometimes we just have to ask, what the media? I'm Megan Lynch, host and reporter at Legacy 50,000-watt AM radio station KMOX in St. Louis, Missouri. In my three decades as a journalist, I've had the honor of receiving a number of awards for my work, including one I'm most proud of, a National Edward R. Murrow Award. I'm joined by Julie Smith, author of Master the Media, How Teaching Media Literacy Can Save Our Plugged-In World. As an instructor and public speaker, Julie teaches how to dissect what you see and hear so you can be a savvy digital consumer. In this episode, why many Americans have lost trust in the legacy media. I'm a member of the legacy media, I guess you could say, if we define it broadly. It was, we think of print, like magazines and newspapers, uh, television, regular broadcast television stations, radio stations. Is that typically what we're thinking of when we say legacy media? Yeah, I think a lot of people use different terms. Legacy media, traditional media, mainstream media. Usually it's the biggies, right? In St. Louis, it would be KMOX. It would be the Post-Dispatch. Nationally, it would be uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, uh, New York Times, Washington Post, et cetera, et cetera. And there aren't that many print news magazines that are as prevalent as they used to be. But, you know, Time, Newsweek, U.S. News, World Report, that sort of thing. I know we think of Pulitzer and Edward R. Murrow <laughs> when we think you know, of the standards of, of, you know, those bygone days. Standards? Standards? Well, you know, and I have to say, as I got to thinking about this, we're going to talk about some of the recent studies that have been done about how trust in legacy media has really dipped. But I really can't remember a day that I've worked in this industry where there hasn't been someone that hasn't criticized, questioned, bashed the media. Now, explain how you define the difference between questioning the media and bashing the media. So if I have someone call up and they say, I don't get what that article was about, or, you know, why did you use that phrase? Or why didn't you have this information in it? Mm -hmm. That's just questioning. That's just critical listening. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as when we think of critical being a neutral word in that sense. Right. They want more information. I think for years, 
I have sat in church services and heard pastors talk about how the media is influencing us without being very specific about it because maybe they had a terrible experience with a reporter one time mm-hmm. or they're thinking more of music artists or, you know, but we're, we're all lumped into one in the media. And that is a huge lump now, mm-hmm. a huge lump, because really people who use the phrase the media as this large umbrella term is, is listing you, a professional journalist, in the same group as the Kardashians or someone um, who generates false information from a Facebook page in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It's all the same, and it's not all the same. And so I wonder if that's why some of the trust in legacy media is is waning. And I think Gallup has done a series of surveys on media trust over the years. I believe they started these a number of decades ago— You know, unfortunately, the latest ones that they've done over the past few days have showed a continued slide. Yeah. Yeah. And they broke it down by political party. Oh, I bet I can guess who has less trust. See if you can. The Republicans. Yes. Yeah. Very few Republicans have trust. Um, A pretty fair majority of Democrats still do. And about a third of independents still trust legacy media. 58% of Americans think that most news organizations are more concerned with supporting an ideology than presenting facts. That's over half. Now, of course, whenever I hear survey results, I always, you know, a little red flag always pops up because I wonder who they asked and how the question was worded. What bothers me about questions like that, Megan, is that it doesn't take into account the business model of a news organization. So, For example, if I run a cable TV station and I have data that 95% of my viewers are dog people, all of my stories are going to be pro-dog and anti-cat. Not because dogs are better than cats, but because I want to make sure that my viewers are happy and do not change the channel. Yeah, it's kind of that age-old question of, do you give people the information they need or do you give them the information they want? And if I want to make money, I give people what they want because The economic structure of our news ecosystem requires that I make money for my stockholders. So after a while, my viewers are convinced that dogs are fantastic and cats are evil. Some of my viewers might even think that cats don't even exist or anybody that loves a cat is nuts because they've never been exposed to that. And it's a a business decision. So this question, you know, um, that 58% of Americans think most news organizations are more concerned with supporting an ideology – Really, what that could be worded is that most news organizations are most concerned about making sure they don't upset their viewers, (laughs) right? Especially based on um, the data that they have about the voting preferences of their viewers. It's It's a business decision in many cases. So I can see why people might think that, but I think it's asking the wrong question. Well, and I think what's so interesting is people, most of us, don't want to think that a news organization has a slant unless we agree with that slant. Absolutely, because we won't check it otherwise if we like it. Well, and and that's what the Gallup data shows, that when you look at, for example, Republicans, mm-hmm. guess what network they trust the most? It's not MSNBC. No, it's Fox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and while the majority of Democrats trust um, about six other national news source, mm-hmm. sources, I always wonder, it would be interesting for me 
to drill down and talk to the individual journalists that work at those outlets. I know how I conduct work, you know, and and people will sometimes ask me, well, you know, what do you think about this network or that networker? And it's like, I'm not inside them. I don't know what to tell you about what decisions are being made and how they're being made and who's saying what and how separate their advertising is from their newsroom. Are you saying that you don't want to pass judgment on something you know, you're not completely familiar with? Because <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't know. Well, and I, you- I know some things that I see sometimes <clears throat> that are a little that send off a red flag for me. But see, you are bringing up something that I, I think that we all need help with is that difference between news and opinion. I think in some cases, I think um, there has been such a move toward having analysis. Because there's so much time to fill? I think people like it, too. And it's easy. It's an easy way to fill time to bring on a panel of three people and, and discuss a topic. Yeah. Rather than to take weeks preparing a report. Which, you know, takes a long takes time. Takes a lot of time. Well, and those panelists typically don't have journalism degrees. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Some of them are attorneys. Some of them are experts in various fields. I wonder, too, how much of the lack of trust is related to the whole pushed versus pulled news idea. The idea that um, years ago when news was given to us by ABC, NBC, and CBS, right, the, the news was pushed on us. We didn't really have options. Now we live in an environment described as pulled news. So we have thousands of news options to choose from. So we pull the news that we like. We pull the news that we agree with. We pull that pro-dog news, right? (laughs) And maybe because now we have hundreds of news options, when we hear a story we disagree with, we're more likely not to believe it because we have heard so many other varieties of that story. Does that make sense? It does. And I think, too, we have to think, did the legacy media hurt ourselves? And there's there's a couple reasons why I wonder that. There was a time when there was a certain decorum and there were certain things you just that did not get reported. They were kind of known. Um, Are you talking about like uh, Roosevelt's polio? Yes. Kennedy's affairs, that yes. kind of thing? Things like that that were just not touched on. Mm-hmm. So that when people did find out about them, that eroded the trust. Um, you know, on the other hand, too, I think that for the last maybe three or four decades, there's been a real push for what some people call advocacy journalism. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the the <coughs> thought that as the fourth estate, our job is to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, viewers and listeners and readers, they're, they're counting on that. They're we, de- ex- we depend on it. Yeah, they're expecting that of reporters. But it also, when we come up with things that they don't agree with, <laughs> then we didn't do our work. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's a fine line there. And I wonder if that has damaged us in some ways. I mean, I remember my my first day of my master's program. We were all sitting in a room. It was uh, the public affairs reporting program. It's formerly Sangamon State. Now it's the U of I. And one of my new classmates was from Chicago, urban Chicago. He was hilarious. And of course, you know, Chicago has a rich history of political corruption and other, you know, juicy His- stuff going history. on. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's current. <laughs> and I remember we were all talking about why we were getting into this business, why we wanted to be political journalists. 
And he raised his hand and he goes, because I'm going to bust them crooks. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I have never forgotten that. <laughs> and so I think when you take an attitude like that, he, he was a great guy, you know, and he, he came at everything with kind of a cynicism and, and got some great stories. I'll bet. Um, you know, but I think when you come at it like that, like you are out to get someone, mm-hmm. it creates and a feeling. Here's, here's another aspect of that. If he wants to bust crooked politicians, I say more power to him as long as he is busting them no matter what their party affiliation Good point. Good point. If the mainstream media wants to attack the president, do it. But make sure you attack the president no matter who it is. And don't pick and choose which presidents you're going to attack and which ones you're going to let slide. That, I think, causes people to lose trust. Yeah. Are we watching a little bit of that in 2021, you think? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering when the pendulum is going to swing a little bit again. It will. I think everybody's taking a breather. There was a fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. That we're, and well, plus we're fatigued on everything these days. Let's be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. But yeah, I think the pendulum will swing because it has to. It has to. When you look back on it, do you see any specific events that you think have eroded trust in media? I wouldn't say particular events, but I think that one trend that I think made a difference and caused people to really question the traditional legacy media is the role of our own smartphones. Mm-hmm. Because now we can get stories from the ground as they happen, right? And maybe there's no context and maybe it's just a video and maybe it's just audio. But the point is, is that we are now seeing news and being exposed to news as it happens. It's called the CNN effect because we're used to seeing news as it happens now. So because we have direct access to the story that we didn't have 10 or 15 years ago, I think we're more likely to be skeptical of what the biggies tell us about that story because we've already seen it ourselves. And I think when we look at the platforms that legacy media are using, we're now becoming multimedia companies. Absolutely. We are no longer just a radio station. You can't be. Yeah. We have a digital department Mm -hmm. that is somewhat separate from our news operation, even though we collaborate on a lot of things. You know, we each have our own social media accounts Now, those are subject to rules that our corporation has as to, you know, what personal opinions we can put out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think a lot of companies have that anymore. Sure. Um, You know, that if you're connected to this company, you know, you need to make sure you're with, you know, upholding the standard of, of this company. Right. You know, but for a lot of us now, we are on multiple platforms. Newspapers especially have had to adopt digital forms. And it is 24 hours now, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Because we used to talk about the 24-hour news cycle, and now it's 10 minutes. And that's a lot of pressure on the, the, those of you that are still in the legacy media because you have to keep up. You have to keep up, and it's hard. You know, this is part of the reason why we're doing this is to, number one, critically think about what I do. I mean, this has helped me immensely in our discussions to think critically about what I do. But I think also we need to start being more transparent with, with the people who use, you know, the information that we put out there. And I, I see a lot of organizations, some successfully, some not so successfully, trying to reach out to their communities and be more transparent about how they do what they do. Right. Here's how we come up with it. Here's how we choose what we're going to how we're going to cover and why. And that was something that I wanted to ask you. And you already answered it. Like, how do you restore trust if you feel like that's been lost? And I think transparency is a big, big part of that. And I think to some extent, I don't know that we will ever gain back a lot of the trust 
because I think, especially in America, there are a lot of things we don't trust anymore. That's true. (laughs) There aren't many institutions that we love anymore. (laughs) I think that when we look at it broadly, I think most people have a skepticism, a Mm -hmm. cynicism, even a paranoia about anybody who says they're an expert or that they've gone to the experts. And you know what? We've talked about that in the past when we talk about conspiracy theories and the death of expertise. I think it's all kind of related. But I think that transparency is a big deal because I think people might not realize this, but I think that we are hungry for that information. We want to know how the sausage is made so that we can appreciate the sausage more. (laughs) Yeah. And as much as it hurts to hear the criticism, I think we need it and we need to examine how we do things in the news and in, in a talk format and you know, where we have we have both here at the station. You know, we have opinion, right. we have casual talk, we have political talk, and then we have the newsroom and we have a separate advertising sales department. And would you say that the culture in the newsroom is different than the culture outside the newsroom? Yes, definitely. How? I think we're all very careful in the newsroom mm-hmm. um, to try to stay objective. So do you feel like if you've done your job correctly, no one would have any idea how you vote? Exactly. Yeah, that's the, and I tell my students that first day of the semester, if I have done my job correctly, you have no idea how I vote. Mm-hmm. Now that is different from 99.9% of the people that I work with, but I feel very, very strongly about that. And that's what, you know, when I was younger, it doesn't bother me so much anymore, but when I was younger, it would really sting if someone would call and they would accuse me of having a viewpoint that I don't hold. And, you know, I would want to say, you don't even know me. Well, and could, you, don't, you know, what in my story made you think? And could it also be that if you look hard enough, you'll always find it, right? <laughs> that maybe um, for whatever reason, they have a, a thorn in their paw about that issue and just see everything through that lens, maybe? Yes. And so, you know, my question is in this transparency, how can we be transparent but yet be authentic and not have it be self-serving and not have it be just an exercise or a program we're going through and then then move on. What do you want to see as a critical, smart consumer of the media? I would love to hear conversations about how you all decide the top story of the day. Mm-hmm. How many people are involved in that decision? What are the demographics of those people involved in the decision? What is the basis for that decision? Um, and what stories are not going to get covered. It reminds me of that Jerry Seinfeld joke where he said, it's amazing the amount of news that happens in a day perfectly fits into the newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) So there's loads of stories that don't get covered. Who decides what stories get the X? Who decides what stories get a series treatment, perhaps? Who decides what word choices are used? Because... Yesterday, there was a story about the Associated Press saying that what is happening on the border now should not be considered a crisis because it doesn't fit crisis criteria, even though three months ago it was a crisis. So it's it's fascinating to me, like, who is making those decisions? And I don't think it's self-serving because in many cases, you're kind of, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you're kind of dropping your drawers in front of us, Right. So I don't think that it's necessarily self-serving. And I think in the long run, it will serve you all really well 
because you're inviting your listeners into that relationship. You're inviting your listeners into those conversations. And then we feel valued and then we're more likely to believe what you say. I'm Megan Lynch with media literacy expert Julie Smith. What the Media is produced by Odyssey St. Louis from the studios of KMOX Radio. Our executive producer is Beth Coglin. We invite you to visit KMOX.com for more on our Media Literacy Project. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.